And lastly, I just want to be able to introduce to you Mr. David Vincent. Come on up, David. I, uh, I should say up front, although he has the surname Vincent, he is not related to Peter Vincent, who's been amongst us for so many years, just happens to share that wonderful surname. Uh, Nicola and I got introduced to David um, about a year ago or thereabouts, and immediately we saw in him uh, a man whose heart is deeply connected to the Father, who loves to pray, who knows what it is to have that ability to connect into what the Father is saying and what his desires are for his people. Uh, and I know that we're going to be blessed. I know that we're going to receive an impartation today as we hear from David. So let's applaud him one more time and then we'll listen to him, shall we? Thank you, Gary. Bless you, Thank you very much. We're based in North London, and I um, am involved in lots of different things around prayer, so that's kind of my thing, um, which is great, because it's a great thing to have as a thing, because <laughs> it's beautiful. And um, uh, I lead a community house in North London, and a um, uh, couple in there who were part of the church for a while, so, so Jason and Beth Banks are living in the community that uh, I oversee, and I just love hanging out with them and with the community there. And, but my main sort of work I do is helping um, different kinds of church get started and new types of church everywhere, just seeing these little incubators of growth happening across the country. So my, I'm sort of involved in praying for that. So that's uh, what I do now. Most of my life, I've been a geography teacher. So, um, so it's, it's nice to be... Uh, uh, in, in that other world. Let's, let's just pray as we get started. It's just been so beautiful in the worship, the sense of, of presence of God. Uh, and I want to just kind of stay and just anchor ourselves there, really. Because um, I can say stuff and that can help, but actually we need the Spirit of God to bring something of his life that gets conveyed in the very sound of the voice that, that we all of us carry because we carry his presence. So, Father, I pray right now for, even as I mentioned that word incubators, I pray for the incubation, Lord, of all the dreams and the hopes uh, that are in these rooms. And I want to just speak an activation to your plans and your purposes and destiny and calling upon people here this morning. Lord, that we would be uh, in, re reframed and reformed into the image of your son, Jesus, in a greater understanding and intentionality uh, from our time this morning. Amen. Amen. So um, uh, I've called uh, what I want to speak to you about. Gareth just said, you know, we're doing this series on prayer and I'd love you to just uh, speak into that because that's kind of what you, you, know, you do and you carry a bit. And so I've called what I want to do today, moving into the your. And you think that's a really weird title, and probably if I had a bit more time, I could have got it a bit more precise. But I hope it becomes clear what I mean by that as we go through. Because I'm sort of reflecting on the Lord's Prayer, because, you know, that's where Jesus starts, you know, in his response to his disciples, when you pray, pray like this. And uh, there's so much, though, he unpacks and talks about prayer elsewhere, but this idea of moving into the your, as I really was thinking around yourselves as a church, what I felt God was wanting to encourage you in as the next step in the growth of your prayer life together. And uh, I don't know about uh, yourself, but, you know, we start with prayer, our Father. And that's a good place to start because, well, first of all, it's an hour. 
And uh, that's a corporate thing. It's not an individual thing. And so much of when we come to pray, we think about, it's me. I'm coming to pray. I'm going to pray. I've got these things that are on my mind. And we start with an almost individual mind frame to the whole idea and the notion of prayer. But he starts with the hour. So immediately we start in this sense of community that we're doing something together, that we're in a corporate community. But I think there's something even deeper within this that is not just that the fact you know, that we are part of a church. We take communion and we think that we are one body. But actually there's something about the hour which is the continual story of his spirit that's been working through his church for centuries. And it's the continual story that it's not about just me, but I'm part of God's story of redemption that he's working out in the world. And that actually it's the hour of the church that's been in Bishop Stortford for like centuries. It's the hour that's here that isn't just about me, but it's about the hour. Our Father. You're the Father who was the Father of those who've come before me. You're the Father of those who have started this church. You're the Father of those who are going to follow on afterwards. And there's this continual flow that immediately takes it from just the me and reframes it a little bit for us. And I think sometimes when we even think about prayer, our, our, our sort of understanding and expectations I find when I talk about prayer, I have to sort of unshake things a little bit because we have a framework that is particularly kind of depends on our background and our expectations, but has an idea of prayer and you've got, oh yeah, it's this. It's that prayer meeting where everyone's praying together. It's that time of silence when I'm reading my Bible. It's that Whatever it is that you have as that answer, God says, no, it's, it's more. Because it's the, our Father and the idea of Father is about relationship. So when we start with prayer, when we come into that, we, come, we have to come with this concept and understanding that it's all about relationship. Um, it was my wife's birthday yesterday and um, we went out for a meal last night and um, you know, over nearly 30 years of marriage, we've, we've done a whole load of different things together. You know, we find different ways of communicating with each other. We, we do stuff together which is just science. She loves to read. And so, you know, a lot of our time perhaps is her reading in the, one corner of the room and there's silence, but there's communication because there's a deep understanding of each other. But there's also stuff that we do together. We go walks together. We do activities together. There's lots of things that we do that's all part of building the relationship that isn't like last night, it's your birthday, so therefore on my task list, I've got to take you out for a meal because that's part of what one does in a good husband-caring relationship. But we come to prayer sometimes like that. We think about prayer as a task that one does because it's the good and right thing to do, because that's what one should do, because we're in a relationship with Jesus, therefore we need to pray, therefore we should have this. But actually God's saying, no, it's our Father. You just come into the dynamics of the ease of just working out your relationship with him. And all that working out relationship with God, in all the different ways that you do that, well, that's the heart of prayer. 
Because prayer at its very essence is just about that sense of connection. When you pray, what are you doing? You're speaking out of the sense of the relational connection that you have with Father because you are now united with him because he has made you one. His spirit resides within you and that spirit within you is what crying? Abba, Father. So it's that spirit cry from in you going, you're my daddy and I come to you and I just have this relationship with you and we are united because your spirit is within me and it's not something I have to think about or even do. It just sort of it oozes out of me because... I just love you because you first loved me. Even when I was dead in my sin, when I was making a complete mess of it, you loved me. And even then, it was all about the love that we had together. So why am I trying to make it a duty thing now? Because it's about relationship. Our Father. And if we see prayer as a duty thing, we become weary in doing good. And some of your prayer lives are like, oh, I really need to pray, but you're feeling the weariness of it. And God says, no, don't be weary in doing good. Just enjoy my relationship. I was helping somebody with, a, with their church in a prayer meeting. I said, the best thing you need to do at the moment is close your prayer meetings. And they're like, oh. That's not what I expected someone who helps people to pray to say. And actually, just go back to the point of relationship. And then from there, you'll discover language when you come together, which has got a richness and a depth to it because you've been gazing upon the one that you love. But the other reason, to be fair, we often come to pray isn't because of our father. We're thinking this relationship is kind of like, help! It's a great motivation for prayer, isn't it? (laughs) Crisis need, help, panic. That's when we come to pray. And you know, there's that phrase that every atheist is, is a believer in the point of crisis. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but, you know. But there is something in that that even <laughs> the priority of prayer shoots up the agenda when things are going really wrong. And often we come to pray out of that motivation, and then we go, okay. But what happens is when we've got that as our heart motivation, and and that's really why we're praying and we're coming to it, it all becomes a little bit much. Like the psalmist. Lord, help. Listen to me. I've not talked to you for a long time, but remember me. (laughs) Attend to my prayer. I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And the thing is about this psalm, and it's really so much where we, we often think about it, it's my cry, my prayer, I will, my heart, lead me. So it's higher than I, higher than me. It's so much about it, it's about me and I and all my needs, all my problems, all, everything is about me. And God says, no, start with the hour. But I want to even stretch you even more. Don't start with the I or the hour, but what about the your? How do we move to the your in our prayers? That's what I want us to do this morning. Because lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Rather than in the mess of the world that I'm living in, lead me to your place where you're living in. 
Our Father in heaven, your abode, where there's no crying, where there's no tears, where there's no sickness, where there's nothing which is out of order, which is everything is in the perfection of the perfect will of God being outworked and the continual praise and the worship and the sense of the presence of God that just is, the, the angels are crying, holy, holy. Prayer is not a psychological activity that we do to help ourselves. It is a supernatural activity that originates in the throne room of God, where Jesus stands making intercession for us, where our prayers rise as incense into the bowls before the throne in heaven that are there continually before the Father. Prayer is a supernatural activity that by our very words that we partner with the creator of the all creation, that we speak things that are into the very depths of our souls that cause the world to be changed and transformed in our mouth what is man that you are mindful of us Psalm 8 says you crown them with such honour and glory that you give him dominion wow reframe our thinking into the abode of heaven we need to awaken ourselves from this reality because it will change the way that we look at things. As I said, I was a geography teacher, so, you know, I love teaching the bits about all the disasters. That's always the fun bit. You know, year nine on a Friday afternoon, you were praying, Lord, let me have that extra earthquake this week that I could talk about and all the storm that's coming through and it will actually activate them into thinking about something about geography for a change. And you get these reports, you know, about these storms that are coming across and you've got this reporter standing there being blown around and you can't hear what they're saying because all they're really saying is it's very windy, um, uh, in essence. And, uh, and then there's this sort of like night time and then there's no like, film footage and then you get the film of the next day and it's just like, looks like a timber yard where all the houses have been blown to pieces. Yeah, you know the sort of thing I, I mean? You get those countries. Uh, but then there's another view. And this is a, a storm, and this is photos of the same storm from the International Space Station. And it looks beautiful, I think. Doesn't that look pretty? Wow, isn't that beautiful? You see, that's what we're like. Where are we looking at the storms that we're in? We're caught in the middle of that swirling wind that is creating chaos around us. Or that we've really seen it from that heavenly perspective that we're looking down on it. And what we're above, we have the ability to rule over. And as we are above, we look down at it and go, wow, actually there's beauty at work here. Count it all joy when you face various trials. There's beauty at work in it. Because you see something of the nature and the character and the outworking of God in all the mess. That you go, wow, God, you're working in all of this? That's awesome. Set your mind on things above. 
Let's just pause. Let's breathe. That's that atmosphere of heaven, even now, into the storms or whatever situation that you're thinking. Just go, I want to breathe that in. To make this our prayer, Lord, help me. There's a set your. That's a decision that we make. And we go, Lord, help me. I have no idea how to do this. The battle for us is very often keeping in that right mindset. Our battle is not against the flesh and blood so much. It's not even against the battle itself, but it's about keeping ourselves connected. And there we go back to our definition of prayer. So right now, let's just pray. So Lord, I pray in the midst of everything, you would help me see rightly. Help me to see with your eyes. Help me to see with your perspective that I will see what you're doing. Hallowed be your name. Let's move to the your. Your name is great and greatly to be praised. Prayers of contemplation and quiet isn't about us discovering ourselves. It's about gazing upon the one who is above all. It's about looking at the beautiful one whose face is radiant, as bright as the sun. And in that place of contemplation upon him, upon your name, his name is the nature, the character and the fullness of all that God is. As we gaze and we study and we reflect upon that, it works within us in a way that is beyond our understanding because we've tasted and we've seen that the Lord is good and that isn't just a conceptual understanding. We've experienced it in the place of prayer. We've experienced it in the one-to-one with him where he's with his unfettered fiery eyes open our eyes to see him rightly and there's something that burns within our soul that says I've seen God and yet I've lived hallowed be your name and it works deeply within us so we can stand in the place of brokenness but we know that there's one who loves us from above because we've seen him that's the invitation to come and enter into the place of prayer with him to gaze upon him. He sees, he reveals his purpose and his destiny and his calling for us. We discover that he's our shepherd who leads us that we shall not want. That's his name. That he is our guide. That's his name. Hallowed be your name. And even the biggest of problems that we just like go, I have no idea. When we start to think about the name of God, everything else just fades away. And the magnitude of his nature comes to the fore. Your name is mighty empowered. Who is like you? You are great. And even as we think around the Middle East, and the big things, I don't know. You just go, who? What? I don't know. But we go, God, we know you. King of the nations, that's your name. We don't know what's happening. We're not going to try and work it out. But we know that you're the king of the nations. So Lord, the nations may rage and they may war and everything else. But we know that above it all, you are king. Who is like you? And then we can pray your kingdom come. 
your kingdom come. Your will be done. Because we've seen him rightly. And something of the, even the struggle and the turmoil that we might feel about things that we feel that we're carrying. And, you know, there's a burden that we carry of responsibility with our jobs and all the things that we have that are, it's heavy. That's part of what we do. But actually, we come into this place of discovering the reason I'm doing this isn't because I'm doing this, but because you have called me. You have given me a path of life. You've given me a purpose and a destiny. All of my days were in your book before I ever knew them. And the life I'm living now is because you planned it. So therefore, this isn't my career. This is your calling that you're working out in me. It's not about my responsibility, but it's about what you have given me. And it's yours. So even in this place, it's not about me. It's about your kingdom coming here. It's about your purposes being coming here. And I'm just one of these threads through history because I'm part of your body and I'm connected to you that you are outworking your purposes in the earth. And that just leaves me in wonder. Wow. So when I go to work on a Monday morning and I'm doing that job of responsibility, this is part of your outworking of your plans to see your kingdom come into this place because I'm here. And then prayer isn't something I'm, I have to say, but by, because my very response of my attitude and the posture of my heart, it's like, yeah, come on, God. Let's see what we'll do together. Let's see how this office will start to shake because of the the, 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 the things that are in my heart that you have placed there that you're going to start to bring to bear. When we see this kingdom perspective, only then, because that's all the resources, all the power and all the authority is in the submission to his kingdom and his rule and his leadership. Then, and only then, in the Lord's Prayer, can we touch on the Okay, give us today our daily needs. Forgive us our sins. For, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. We can't even look at that stuff for ourselves until we've got the magnitude of your kingdom and your name and your abode. Otherwise, we'll be looking at those things with the wrong perspective. Because now it's come easy. Because it's not about... Give us today our daily needs because I've got a shopping list. It's about, no, it's about your kingdom. All the things that I need because the fullness of your kingdom is going to come into my office and transform it. Wow. So give me what I need today. So let's move to the your in our prayer. It starts with the relationship we have to gaze upon him. We have to get that heavenly perspective. But we look at him and then we see his kingdom. But the point is that actually there is a you in the midst of all of this. And it's our privilege. It's our privilege. Our Father. I get to play with you. I get to do things with you. What a privilege that you involve me in your work. And I'm the one here. And as we took communion this morning, we are his body. 
So standing where we're standing, we are the ones who bring the reality of his kingdom. Scripture says, you know, the word, he was made manifest in the flesh. It was revealed, as 1 John 1 says, you know, we saw it, we touched it, we, we, we held it. That which was from before, that which was uncreated, it became manifest at a time and a place. And that's what the kingdom is. It becomes manifest in a time and a place where we, we lay hold of it and go, yeah, your kingdom come here, now, and it becomes manifest. That healing, wholeness, governance, peace, righteousness, joy, peace in the Holy Spirit becomes manifest. And that's our privilege because we're connected with him. Let's pray. Let's just sit in the presence of God. Did you feel the presence of God here? In this service, I really feel I want to emphasize direction and calling. There are people here today that you are needing to know that God leads you. There's that roundabout picture that Gareth had. It's like, where do I go? What do I do? Where do I go? What do I do? And you've got questions that are so like large in your mind and the size of that question of the confusion that that creates means that you can't even have a conversation with God, it feels like at the moment. Because as soon as you come down to sit with him across the table, as it were, you've got, okay, uh, uh, where do I go? What do I do? And that's all that is in your heart. And God just says, hey, trust me. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me. So if you are somebody here today who's specifically around career, around jobs, around what's my future, what's my purpose, what's my destiny, God wants to speak to you this morning. If you are in a position where you're just feeling shift and change and you're going, I have no idea where I'm going or what I'm doing now, God just says today, I am the one who leads you. Trust me. You know, I am the one has a plan for you, a plan to give you a future and a hope. So what's his name today that you need to know? He's the one who you can hope for. He's the one who has your future. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And what he has started in you, he will work through to completion. So I want to speak that over you. So right now, if that's you, just, just start to pray and talk to him. Let a sense of connection happen today. There was a picture earlier that someone had of, of, of ribs and I just felt that was speaking of things that people needed to give birth to just like Adam was, uh, was uh, Eve was formed out of Adam, out of the rib and the side. There's, there's almost like you've got dreams and plans and things you're trying to create and God says, I've got dreams in this room that I want to birth and bring to being but actually there's a replication and the pain in the delivery that you're facing right now that God just says, hold on in there and believe in me and I will bring it to pass. 
If that's you, then just maybe stand up. Let's, why don't we all just stand up? Let's start to receive from Jesus together.